0: All right, there we go. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I told Conley I'm just going to do a short devotion. We're going home. <laughs> Mike's want me to preach on sin and slowing down, like <laughs> like on Andy Griffith, whenever the, the guest preacher came in from New York. <laughs> had to yell every now and then, wake everybody up. But I appreciate everybody coming out this morning, and, uh, and everybody that had a hand in uh, the breakfast. Tabitha said there is bacon or just a lot of pork. Leftover bacon, bacon left over out there. If anybody wants any, uh, it's out there in a baggie. If you wanna run and grab it. Um, was gonna ask y'all. Oh, we're gonna try to get to if y'all want to try to get together on April twenty fourth and go up to Grandfather Mountain. It's Dollar Days, and thought it'd be a good time. Try to push it to the end of the month, or maybe it'll be just a little bit warmer up there. There was a nice heavy frost or a snow, couldn't tell right now, but it was up on the mountain when we we'll come through a while ago. But if y'all want to try to get together after church on the twenty-fourth and go up uh, for Dollar Days as a group, uh, let me know. We'll try to get a head count here soon and and get the get everything reserved. And I'll try to I'll try to get a vehicle from the office to bring up here so we can ride together. I'll try. See how that works. Didn't work too well last time, did it? <laughs> All right. If you got your Bibles, let's go over to First Peter again. Chapter two, but I want you to mark that. which has probably been marked for the past month or two. But we're going to be over in Luke chapter six as well, and uh, go ahead and turn to Luke six first, and we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of start there. But we're going to end up with Peter, and we're going to look at at a rock today. If you look back in the Bible, all through the Bible, the writers have used rocks in different ways. They can use it as a metaphor, or we can see it as a the physical use. Of a rock, lots of rocks in the Bible, and one of the ones the rocks that we think about, or a few of them, is over Genesis 28. What did Jacob sleep on? A Rock. If you go back over into uh, Joshua chapter four, Joshua set up memorial stones. So there's more rocks. First Samuel 17, David done what? How many rocks did he pick up, Paisley? Five. He five. He found five smooth stones. One for Goliath and the other four for his brothers. We see rocks. You go over here in the First Kings 18. Elijah took 12 stones and he did what? He built an altar. I don't know how, what Noah used. I can't remember if Noah used a rock or what, but he built an altar as soon as he came off the ark. So when you go back and you look at the Bible, rocks in the Bible are significant. They mean something. So this morning we're going to look at one specific rock. And it's a living stone that we're going to look at Peter wants to remind us this morning that we need to check and see what our foundation is built on take Keith or or Mike or anybody that's done any construction if you've ever had to do a remodel job or if you've ever had to do a home inspection if you've ever bought a house and you've had to do a home inspection before you could purchase it first where's the first place they go they start at the bottom and they work their way up If you don't have a good, solid foundation under that house, it ain't going to make it, and it's going to cost you a lot of money to get that thing built up. Me and Paisley like to watch, we're we're done now, we've ran out of episodes, but we used to watch uh, Barnwood Builders. And that was the first thing that they would do when they would go look at a piece of property, or a, a cabin, was they'd always look at that seal log. Every single episode, they would look at that seal log. If that seal log is bad, then that means they've got something going on at the roof, something going on above them. They have to replace that seal log. Foundations are important for each one of us. And having a good, solid, firm foundation to establish and build our lives on is important. As a Christian, that's what you have decided to do. When you ask Jesus into your heart, you have decided that I have got to have a firm foundation in my life, and it's going to have to be Jesus before I can, before I can build Before I can grow, before I can mature, before I can ever move further in my life, I have to have a good, strong foundation. And that's where Luke's going to lead us over here. In Luke chapter 6, you don't have to stand for this one. I don't want to make you all work no more than I have to right now. I know it's going to be a lot. Okay, so just just stay seated for just a second. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says, And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? "'Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, "'I will show you to whom he is like. "'He is like a man which built an house and dig deep "'and laid the foundation on a rock. "'And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house "'and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. "'But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man "'that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, "'against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So we need to do a little building inspection this morning. I think we all need to check our foundations. Don't hurt. If you've been in your house for a long time, it don't hurt to go around and do a little checking to see if there's been any settling going on or any cracking in your foundation. If there's any rotting going on inside your house, we need to as Christians, check our foundation every now and then and make sure that it's shored up and it's where it needs to be. We need to just double-check it sometimes. Not that you'll lose your salvation, you're going to lose Jesus, but sometimes we tend to shift off that rock. If you've ever seen, I've seen some old barns. Y'all probably seen the old barns too and some of the old houses where they've shifted off their pillars. Those are always fun to fix. You ever had to do that, Jason? You ever had to jack up a barn and put it back up, put it up, another pillar under or there's some old ones out there I used to work on that they were rock or locust post. And after years, the groundhogs will get under there, and they'd, they'd dig in big old holes in that thing where they'd settle. And you have to lift that thing back up. And you have to reestablish your cornerstone sometimes. Maybe we just need to check our cornerstone right now, check our foundation, and make sure we've got what we need. Now, if you will, stand with me just a second. We're going to be over in First Peter. I could have read it and made you stand the whole time. First Peter chapter 2, verse 48, or 4 through 8, sorry. The Bible says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, he also is lively stone, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore... Also, it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we just want to thank you. God, we thank you for the the fellowship that we had this morning. Thank you for the great meal that was provided and for those that provided it for us. Lord, we just thank you for this church, uh, for the love that we have for one another. And God, we just thank you for growing us. And I pray, God, you continue to bless us and use us. And Lord, I pray that whatever we do, whatever's said and done behind the sacred desk this morning would honor you, would praise you. Lord, whatever's done in those pews this morning, God, I pray that it does nothing more than just worship you. And I pray, God, today that you would just touch our hearts. I pray, God, that today, as we look at your son, Jesus Christ, being the chief cornerstone that he is, that each one of us have that foundation under our feet right now. We have your son, Jesus, in our hearts, and we're building our lives upon him, and we've established him as the cornerstone that we need in our lives father i pray that you would be with those that are sick lord those that have had uh, surgery this week pray lord you just continue to recover them and get them back on their feet those that have uh, are, are still grieving and bereaved i pray god that you would comfort them as well and Lord, I do pray that you would continue to guide us as a church, that we could stay on the straight and narrow. Lord, I pray that we would stay on the path that you've tra- uh, blazed the trail for us uh, to use. I pray that we not veer off of it, Lord, and just stay on it, and stay focused on you in all that we do. Father, we love you and we praise you this morning. i all listen your son's name, we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. First thing we want to look at this morning, and we've mentioned it a couple times, Verse number 4 tells us this, Jesus is the living stone, he is the living stone, the only living stone, there are no other stones that are alive. Now there are some verses in the Bible that you can go back and look at where it says the rocks cry out, that doesn't mean that they actually cry out, that they speak, and I won't get in, I've got some nerdy stuff I could tell you about that, about Jewish tradition, but I won't. But what that means is when uh, the dead and Christ arise, the rocks that are laying on top of those tombs will be lifted up. I'm not going to get into that, but that's what that means. How can a stone be living? A lot of times that's what people, when we talk about the living stone of Jesus, or Jesus being living stone, that's what they'll say. How can a stone be living? Well, the stones that we think about can't live. The ones that we have laying out here in the backyard or wherever else, those are not living stones. And we can't refer to them as a living stone. God looks at Jesus, and he looks at us as, as followers of Jesus, and like we're a building that's being built by God himself. So he's using us, he's establishing us, he's using us, and he's building up his church. So just like back in the day, or well even nowadays, how they use stones to build up a structure. God is using Jesus as the cornerstone to establish the corner of that building and us to build up the church. We are stones, believe it or not. We are being used to establish and build up the church. The foundation of God's building has to be Jesus, had to be Jesus. He couldn't base his church on anything else. There's nothing else strong enough to withstand the, the walls of the devil and what the world's going to throw at it. There's nothing else that's comparable. There's nothing else that could be sent and used to build the church on besides Jesus Christ, and God knew that, and so he sent his son to die for us and to establish the church and to be that cornerstone. If a person wants to be a part of God's building, they have to place their life in the foundation and that would be Jesus Christ. You have to. But right here, I want you to look at it. The verse says, A living stone disallowed indeed of men. When me, when men looked at, at the stone, when, when men looked at Jesus, and you go back, and we're getting close to Christmas, or Christmas. Not that close. We're getting close to Easter. I got bacon brain right now. I'm I'm struggling. It's just gonna be bad. I'm sorry. We're getting close to Easter right now. And and you think about Jesus right now, and, and, and the, the days leading up to his, his false trial and all that took place right before Easter. What, would they, what did those men say about Jesus? What were they thinking about him being this chief cornerstone? They didn't want him. The Bible tells us, prophecy told us that, they, that he would be rejected by his own. But they didn't want him, men didn't want him, it, it, it didn't fit their plans, and that's still 2022 right now. Jesus don't fit the plans of many people, unfortunately, Christian or non-Christian, for some reason we're too busy. The unbeliever says, I ain't got time for no Jesus, and they go on to do their own thing. Back then, they said, I, I don't think I want a part of Jesus because he doesn't fit into my plans they said it, it was useless and unsuitable for what they were trying to build. They're trying to build their own. Now, how many of y'all have never built a house before, physically picked up a hammer and built a house from the foundation to the rooftop? How many of y'all have never built one? There's a lot of carpenters in here. <laughs> this might not go the way I planned on it going. <laughs> There's a lot of work in it. When you try to do, when you try to build something on your own and you have no experience building a house, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fail. And unfortunately, your house may fall. It may leak. The wind might blow through. You don't know what's happening because you had no experience in that. Now, we've all got to start somewhere. But if you have no experience building, then you don't know what's going to happen. Back then, people, and nowadays too, 2022, people thought that Jesus was useless and unsuitable for what they were building. They were trying to build their own. They are trying to establish something on their own, and Jesus didn't fit in. And so it's going to fail. Whatever they're trying to establish is going to fail. The same for you. If you've never tried to build anything and you try to build something, the first time it's probably going to fail because you didn't use a professional. You didn't use a person with the knowledge and they also said it's, it's not worth the price. Again, right now, people say it's not worth the price. I'm not willing to give up my friends. I'm not willing to give up my finances. I'm not willing to give up my home life. I'm not willing to sacrifice all that I have accomplished and achieved on my own. I'm not willing to give that up on my, by myself and try to do something for Jesus. I'm not willing. I don't need him. I don't need that rock. I don't need that living stone right now. I'll do it on my own. Back then they said it. Right now they're saying it. I don't need Jesus. I'll do it on my own. They reject him. They want to do their own things. And that's dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. People rejected Jesus because they want to build their lives the way that they want to. They want to do their own thing. Jesus don't fit in folks' plans anymore. Not in the I'll be honest with you. They don't, Jesus doesn't fit in church plans anymore. This place was established by him. This church, Chestnutdale or any other church, the church was established with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. It was built on that cornerstone. And then we got rid of him sometimes. Some some of these churches just got rid of him, so we don't need him anymore. We can do it on our own. We're going to do our own thing. So they cast the stone of God aside. Now, what we have to understand is the stone was chosen by God. By God. He picked, he chose exactly who he wanted to be the cornerstone. He had this thing planned out from the get-go. As John told us in the beginning was the word. And we know that the Word is Jesus. And so we know that in the beginning, God had a plan to build His church upon His Son. He knew that. But we have rejected it. It's the very stone that He has chosen to be the foundation for life. It's the only stone that can support and bear the weight of life. At some point, a stone's going to break. At some point, a normal stone out here that we'd see out in the yard under enough pressure Will break. It will shatter. My office is right beside Vulcan. I think about this often, especially on Thursdays when they dynamite and everything shakes at the office. I really wish they'd tell me when they was gonna do that. Everything shakes. Enough pressure a stone will break and yet it will be smaller and less useful. The more pressure gets on it, the more it's gonna break up. Only God Only God knew that Jesus Christ could bear the weight of our burdens and our sins. That's why Jesus is our chief cornerstone, because he can handle it. He can handle it. The the only living stone that we know of, and it can handle the weight and the stresses that's been put on it. The uh, the, The stone chosen by God is that living stone. This means God is eternal. And here's what I want you to remember. If God is eternal... And the church is built on His Son, Jesus Christ, and His Son, Jesus Christ, is eternal. That means the church is eternal. It's going to last forever and ever. The cornerstone laid by God is bound to eternity. When we go, I've said it here before, and I like to hear preachers say that, but good Lord willing, the church don't rise. I'll see you next Sunday. When the church does rise, the church is going to rise. We're going to go together. The church is going to go together. When we get to heaven, when, when the rapture hits and we go, the church will rise, and we're going to be in it for eternity. We're going to live, and we're going to worship for eternity. It's eternal. It's not going to deteriorate. It's not going to waste away. The living cornerstone is going to be living forever. How many churches have we seen that have deteriorated and fell apart over the years? was what, what in this place The log cabin or something at one time, the original one? Somebody. Schoolhouse. (laughs) It was was a schoolhouse. Where's it at? No, where's it at? It's underneath it now. All of it. (laughs) Parts of it. Where's the walls? Where's the roof at? It's gone. It's deteriorated, ain't it? It's fell apart. Y'all are killing me this morning. I'm I'm trying awful hard. I got all these ideas, and y'all just keep busting my bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I, if Nat was here, I'd use him, but I can't. I ain't going to do that to anybody else. Think about churches. Think about houses. Think about st- structures in general. They deteriorate. They will collapse. They will fall. They will rot. Termites are going to get them. There's going to be rain damage. There's going to be wind damage. They're going to deteriorate, not the church. This physical church right here, I hope it never happens, but it will deteriorate at some point, point. and it could fall down. At some point, I love going to Cate's Cove. I love going to Cate's Cove and going through them churches. I love them old churches. At some point, them old churches are going to fall down. God has established His church on His Son, and it is an eternal church. It will never deteriorate. When we get to it will, when we get to heaven, that thing was never going to fall. It's not going to crumble. There'll be no wind damage, no rain damage, no termites, no nothing that's going to destroy it because it is an eternal church. Second thing, when we come to the living stone, we become living stones. Verse five and six, on read that again it says ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. When we place our lives on the living stone of God, it supports and it holds us up eternally. Eternally. It's not temporary. It's not a temporary stone. It's an eternal stone. Again, it ain't gonna give. Under pressure, it's not gonna collapse. If you ever build a house, if you ever had a, a you ever had <laughs> you ever had a bad uh, mason come in and lay up your block work and or pour your footers. You ever poured bad footers, Mike? <laughs> You're not supposed to agree. There goes your business. <laughs> <laughs> them, are, them are the worst. Get your footers poured wrong, or you, your uh, block mason comes in and doesn't lay things up right. It makes for, for the whole process to be off kilter. I probably told you all this, but when I worked for uh, Ray Waters Construction, we built a couple cabins up on Seven Devils. Well, Bobby Labani. And uh, Jimmy Makar, his crew chief at the time, we built their cabins. And of all the cabins in the world, they bit, when we was doing Bobby Labonte's, uh the masons come in and they laid on the wrong side of the line. So the whole house was off by seven and a quarter inches out of square. And so we had to twist the frame around as, we, as when we put the, the floor joist in, we had to twist everything to get it squared up. We had some really good landscapers come in and fix that. So you couldn't see it once we got done. A weak cornerstone, a weak foundation is going to crumble and it's going to collapse after so much time. So much weight, so much pressure. Not my Jesus. Jesus don't crumble. He doesn't fold under pressure. We can put as much weight on him as we want to. We can give him all our burdens. When you're down and out, when you're, when you're suffering with a lot of sin in your life or a lot of burdens in your life and you put all that, and it's got you down and, and you can't move, you can put that on him and it, he, don't, he don't flinch. He's not going to crumble. He's not going to break like we do because he is the chief cornerstone. He is the only living stone that there is and the only one that can bear that weight. We become living stones, stones that will exist forever and ever through salvation. We become a living stone. Again, Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and everything that we do and all that we are is built up on him. So many rocks, many brick, you're going to have a nice house you put a a, a brick fascia up on the side of a house you can't just put one or two you got to do a whole bunch of them to make it look good blocks It takes a lot of blocks to build up a foundation that's us we are the church we're making up the church we are those rocks those stones those blocks whatever you want to call it that's what we are and we're being established and built up on jesus it takes all of us you start taking blocks out of a wall, it's going to collapse. It's just like a, a bunch of charcoal. You can't take one brick of charcoal and try to, to, to cook up a hamburger. It takes a whole bunch to make it work. It takes a whole bunch of rocks to build the church. That's us. It takes a whole bunch of stones to build up the church. Now, as believers, uh, we are building up a spiritual house. That's what we're reading here with Peter, a spiritual house. This would be the church. This is what I want you to see here. Is This is a picture of the church that God is building here on earth. And it includes all believers in all generations. It's not just the believers today. It's generations past and the generations to come. We're building up this spiritual house and building up his church. That means that God's house is a spiritual house, not a physical house. This is physical. What we're in right now, this is a physical house, and it's going to fall. Hopefully not anytime soon. How's our insurance looking there, Travis? (laughs) Paid up, right? I'm going to go home. Y'all are, this is terrible. No more breakfast. No more breakfast. (laughs) That's sneaky. That sounds just like an insurance agent right there. Can we add that in tomorrow? <laughs> it's too late. We have to find another agent. <laughs> we are building right now. We're building up this spiritual house right now. Again, this the, the physical house will fall. Spiritual house will not. We're going. We're going up together. When we turn to God and lay our lives on the foundation stone, which is Jesus, what we're, we're talking about here, we become a part of God's spiritual house. Can you imagine what it's going to look like when we get to heaven? When all the saints are together, when all of us go up, whether it be by the rapture, by the grave, whatever it is, can you imagine when we get there what it's going to look like? Can you imagine what the church is going to look like when we get there? (laughs) Now, I'm not saying it's going to look like the Eiffel Tower or it's going to look like Twin Towers or it'll look like Sears Tower or any of those towers that we've seen. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the number of people that will be in heaven. That's what I'm talking about. We can't count them. But we we can't count that high. We, we can't fathom the number of saints that are there, this, the, the number of people that are in heaven right now. But it's going to be wonderful, and there's going to be a lot of us there. When we turn to God and lay our lives on that foundation stone of Jesus, we become a part of God's spiritual house. We will never die. We will never waste away. Spiritually, we can't die. We can't waste away. Once we're saved, we're sealed. We're held. And our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we cannot be blotted out. There is nothing, as as Paul tells us over in Romans 8:38, there's not a thing in this world that can take us out of the hands of Jesus. There ain't a thing. In this world, that can do it. And since believers are being built into a spiritual house, it means that there are many stones that are are going to live forever with us. So as we see people saved, that's another stone added to the church. And the more people we see saved, the more stones that are added to that spiritual church, which means the church is being built up higher and bigger and stronger and stronger. Lots and lots of block, lots of rock make things stronger. If you look at the fortresses and the, the, the castles and things like that back in the old days, that, those were built with lots of rock, big old rock, so that they wouldn't fall, so that they could withstand the enemy. That's the church. The more that we build up the church, the more that we see folks being saved and coming into the church, the stronger the church is getting because we're adding more and more rock, more and more block, more and more uh, stones to the church, to this foundation, and making it stronger. It takes many stones to build a great building, and the same is true about the spiritual house, about God's house. We are only one of many who are being placed on in, uh, into God's great house. Something else I was thinking about last night. We don't talk about this a lot. That's why I kind of added it back in. We're a priesthood. We're a holy priesthood. And we don't talk about that as much as we ought to. That's an important part of being a Christian. The holy priesthood that we come into. The, if you go back in the Jewish uh, tradition again, the, the Jewish priests were the middleman between us and God. And God and us. That was the Jewish priest. And, and they would stand between God and man, and they would represent men before God and God before men. We don't have to deal with that anymore. I'm not, that, I'm not your rabbi, James. Sorry. That's not, that's not me. I don't have to do that. Y'all just go on to him yourself. I'll pray for you. But I don't have to go on your behalf. You can talk to him yourself because you are a holy priesthood. You, through salvation... Talk to him directly now. Every single believer now stands before God as a priest. We can now approach God on our own, and I'm thankful for that. I, I, have y'all ever tried to get something done, at, whether it be at work or or through another business or something like that, and you just you just can't get anywhere because you're not talking to the right people? Sometimes you just want to talk to the person in charge, don't you? Just I just just I don't want to talk to the little peons. Let me talk to the person in charge. And that's the way it is now. You don't have to talk to the little peon me. You just go straight to the person in charge. That's God. Because of that holy priesthood through salvation, and any person who turns to God and lays his life upon the foundation of Jesus becomes part of God's spiritual house. We are part of the blockwork that builds up the church. That person is the very house of God itself. They can talk and they can share whatever they have to with God anytime they want to. They can take their pleas, they can take their sorrows, they can take their sin, they can take their burden, take anything they want to, to God. And he says that he will provide what they need. What they need, not what they want, but what they need. And we can worship, we can praise God and cry out for his help. We can ask for deliverance, we can ask him. All these things on our own because of that holy priesthood. Don't need the priest anymore. And the last part of this verse here I was looking at, believers are a fulfillment of prophecy. And that might sound sound a little weird, but we are. We're a fulfillment of a, of a type of prophecy as well. If you go back and you read, and I'll try to, try to clear that up for you. The prediction that the Messiah would be the chief cornerstone of God's building was made centuries before he was born. We've read that back just a few months ago before Christmas. That's what I like to read. I love to read prophecy about Jesus coming. I love to see it. I love, love the way that it was read for the Christmas play, just bringing it all, tying it all together. You read the prophecy throughout the Old Testament. You know it's going to happen. You know he's coming. You know there's going to be a Messiah. You know that it's, here he comes, ready or not, here he comes, and then boom, here he is. But it's not what we thought. It's not what they thought. He didn't come in on a big old horse. It wasn't a grown man. It was a baby born of a virgin in a barn. It's not what we thought was going to happen. But he fulfilled that prophecy. And so do we. God predicted that he would be a building and it would be a spiritual and eternal house for us believers. Well, when we accept Jesus into our lives as our Savior and we become part of that stone, we are part of that building. We're part of that priesthood. We are, are part of this church because of putting our faith in Jesus. We have become a stone, <clears throat> part of this church, just like Jesus. The been, it has been incredible over the years since Jesus has died and been resurrected. The results are salvation. The results are men called to preach. The results are churches being built. The results are missionaries being called. Those are the results from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are the results of men and women putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as a result of those coming to, to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, people, more and more people are being saved. And more and more people are becoming stones in the church and building up that church. The results, it's, again, it's just been incredible. Those who have built upon Jesus have experienced a lot of amazing things. We can, we can all probably stand and give a testimony right now about all the amazing things that God has done for you. The amazing things. makes sure you just want to stop and sing Amazing Grace right off the bat. It's been incredible the things that he has done for us, the, provided what, what we have needed. He's guided us. He's led us. He's, well, first and foremost, he saved us. It's been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing experience with him. All that confusion that we've had before salvation, all the the shame and the disappointment that this life has brought us, the, the fear of judgment, all that we have that's weighing on our heart, it just disappears. Through salvation, it just goes. We don't have to fear that anymore because of Jesus. As believers, we're we're flooded with the with all these emotions right now. We have the we go back to the the fruits of the Spirit we talked about last week. Peace, love, joy, happiness, all the things that come with that. We get flooded with that. It's like through salvation when we're saved, it's like Jesus cranks open the floodgates and just overloads us with emotions that we've never experienced before. Yeah, we might have experienced a little bit of happiness here and there, but not pure joy like when we're saved. A life with confidence is given to us, an assurance that all things will be just fine. See, we have a future now. We've got a great future now through salvation because he has established the church on his son, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone being Jesus. So now we have a future because it's not corruptible. We don't have to worry about the church falling apart because of how it's established. Folks, foundation is important. Foundation in our churches is important. Foundation in our homes is important. Foundation in our schools is important. Foundations in life in general is important. If you don't have a good foundation, you're not gonna, it's not going to stand. You've got to have that in our home life with our youngins. That's an important thing in our, in our homes is having a good, solid home life, a good foundation in the homes because you can, you can make or break a youngin in the home. And, and we know firsthand here some of, the, what, some of the outcome of what happens when there's not a good foundation in the homes, and it's not good. It's not good. Those poor kids, a good foundation, whether it be construction, whatever it might be, we have to establish a good, solid foundation to grow and to build on. Third thing, last thing. Those who reject Jesus, who's the living stone, are disobedient builders. Disobedient builders. If you reject Jesus, you're a disobedient builder. I hate to ask you this, Keith, but have you ever fired anybody? One's saying yes and one saying no. <laughs> I should have asked Rita. Mike, you ever fired anybody? (laughs) Again, y'all are killing me. I'm not talking to you anymore, Mike. You just sit over there in the corner. Can't even pick on about his truck anymore. Because I drive one. (laughs) Do what? (laughs) That's what Cindy said. (laughs) If you ever had... I was, I was going to, to Keith owning a construction business. If somebody is disobedient in, their, in construction or just business in general, if they're disobedient they're not following the, the rules and the laws and they're not listening to what the boss has to say, they get canned. They get fired. They're disobedient. And you don't need that. You don't want that. That's, that's that bad apple. One bad apple ruined a whole bunch. Or strawberries from what I've been hearing. I don't know. I've heard that there were some bad ones. <laughs> uh, but there's there's that one, and you don't want that person there. You don't want, it's just like a church. You don't want that grumpy old hateful person in the church that just always gripes and complains because it is a cancer. It will spread. Everybody gets bitter. Everybody gets ill and hateful. We don't want that. The disobedient person is rejecting... Jesus, he is rejecting, like the Bible says here, rejecting that stone. They're stumbling over it. Verse 7, I'm going to read that again. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which, is disobedient, which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the, Lord, at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed." Jesus has done so much for us, so He should be the most precious thing in our lives. I want you to think about that word "precious." That's pretty. That's sweet, ain't it? We think when we think the word "precious," we got children here. Those are precious. Those are. I mean, those are some of the most precious things that we can imagine is these children. I love it. Jesus, though should be the most precious thing in our lives. We've got, we got kids, and they are precious. But if you've got Jesus, that is the most precious thing that you can have in your heart and in your life. And we should tell people that, that he is precious. But the greatest, greatest tragedy to ever take place in the history of mankind is the person that rejects jesus that rejects the cornerstone that's tragedy when they reject jesus they have an eternity but it ain't good like ours they have an eternity in hell we as believers are just a small minority now in this world I don't know that Christians have ever been the majority. I don't know. Maybe somewhere in history was. I don't know. I don't know that it's ever happened. But right now, our numbers are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the unbeliever is getting wind. Our numbers are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Our church members are are dying out. And we're not seeing salvation anymore. And so we don't have people coming up and replacing and taking the place of those saints that have gone on before us. The vast majority of people right now in this world are unbelievers. That's why doing all that we can inside the church is important. That's why supporting our missionaries is so important. Minding the Lord is so important. It's very important. Here's the thing, the vast majority of these people that are unbelievers, they just don't believe that Jesus is the foundation stone in their lives. Going back to what we talked about earlier when we first started this morning, they don't want the stone. They don't want Jesus. They don't want him in their lives. They don't think the stone will fit with their plans. They don't believe the stone will suit the building that they're building. We we don't we're picky people. If you've ever built a house yourself, your own house. Miss Georgia got to remodel hers. Unfortunately, she got to remodel hers here recently. And she got to pick the things that she wanted to put back in her. She wanted it to be just right. That's where she's going to live. She wanted it to fit her life. And so she picked what she wanted. But there's so many people in this world that have rejected Jesus because he doesn't fit their life. They don't want him. He don't look good in my life. He doesn't fit the type of person I am, doesn't fit the family life that I grew up in, doesn't fit the way that I look or the way that I act or the way that I talk. They're convicted by that. They don't believe the stone is worth the price. Well, guess what? Jesus is the head, of the, the head cornerstone anyway. doesn't matter if they accept him or reject him. He will always be the chief cornerstone. God made sure of that. God made him the chief cornerstone. So nothing that they can say or do, those unbelievers, nothing they say or do will ever change that. He will always be the cornerstone. Even with the rejection of men, he is the chief cornerstone. Unbelievers stumble over, the, <laughs> they stumble over him all the time. Unbelievers trip over him. They fall over him, stump their toe, get their toe stepped on, whatever you want to call it. All the time. It's constant. When people look at him, they, they stumble over him because they don't understand. They don't, they, people still don't understand. They didn't understand Jesus back whenever he was born. They didn't understand Jesus as he was growing up. How many times do you think they, they scratched their head at that 12-year-old boy sitting on the steps teaching them about God? How many times do you think that the, when he would perform those miracles in front of however many people were there, that they scratched their head trying to figure out who is this man? What kind of magician is this? What kind of sorcery is going on in front of us right now? Is this a trick? People scratched their head back then, and people are still scratching their head right now. They cannot comprehend it. They cannot understand who Jesus is. He is a hard feller to figure out sometimes. But I tell you this, I ain't going to try to figure him out. All I know is he loves me and I love him, and that's good enough. He's hard to understand. How, I, what As a Christian, what makes us scratch our heads is when we sit there in that pew and we look up there at that cross and we try to figure out, why would somebody die for me? Why would one person take it upon themselves to hang on that old rugged cross and die for me? Don't that make you scratch your head sometimes? Why would somebody die for an old ugly sinner like me? They they just don't understand it. How could he be anything other than a man just like me? They they say he's he's just a man, just a man. They don't understand how he could be born a virgin. They don't get that. That's prophecy. They don't understand how he could be um, or live a, a sinless life. They don't get that. And I guess because nobody else has ever experienced it besides him. That don't don't make sense. How can somebody live a sinless life? But he did. They don't understand how he could be any more than just a martyr. Just somebody that preached God and was killed. They can't wrap their minds around it. He's more than that. They don't understand how he could his resurrection is anything but a A tall tale made up by his followers just to get more followers. That's the big one right there. That's in the Bible. He's more than that. He's my Jesus. People stumble over these facts or or they're offended by him because he lays the burden of total commitment upon us. We have to be totally committed to him. And so that offends people. And that becomes a stumbling block. They don't like to be offended. They don't like stumbling blocks. I mean, after all, if Jesus is truly who he claimed to be, we owe him all we have because he gave us all he had. He gave us his life. So we owe him. Most people are not willing to give up the right to their lives and what they own. That's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, to give up everything. Everything and follow Jesus he asked us to do it he asked others to do it in the Bible give it up and follow me some listen some, some don't it's hard hard to do so this morning we're going to close out and I'll just ask you it's a, it's a simple question what are you stumbling over what's your stumbling block what, what's tripping you up in this life what is your stumbling block? If you will stand with me just, just a moment. We're going to dismiss. What is, what is your stumbling block? Social media? Too much news? Politics? What is, what is your stumbling block? What's tripping you up in this life? It could be anything. Could be anything. Remove the stumbling block and plant your feet firmly on the cornerstone and watch you grow. Let's pray. Father, this evening as we close out, we want to thank you for, again, for that cornerstone. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. God, we just thank you for that strength that he has. I can't imagine in my little life the weight of the burden and the sins that have, are on me but anyone taking it and not folding under pressure but lord you sent your only begotten son to take on my burdens my sins and the burden and sins of everyone else that's around here lord we thank you for that strong cornerstone that you've supplied for us thank you for that sacrifice of your son jesus christ And Lord, if there'd be one here today that has a stumbling block, there's something in their way, Lord, I pray that you'd help remove that from them. Lord, I pray that they would come to you and ask for for your strong hand to help roll that thing away so that they can have a more smooth trail to walk, travel this life on. Lord, I pray that you just roll it away from them completely. We don't need stumbling blocks. There's too many of them in our lives right now. Father, only you can remove them. We thank you again for that strength that you have. Lord, I pray today that you would continue to guide this church, grow us, give us the spiritual strength that we need. Lord, I pray that you would just encourage us in all that we do. May we honor you in all that we do. Thank you again for the time of fellowship today and for our time here to worship you. Pray, Lord, you'd be with us this week as we leave, keep us safe in all that we do, and bring us back here at the next appointed time. I'll in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, come on back here Wednesday and